Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. We come to you each week, five days a week at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We are your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. We come to you on a variety of platforms, a plethora of platforms, a boatload of platforms, a potpourri of platforms, including but not limited to Comedy Schools Radio.com, Comedy Schools Radio Network.com. Those are proprietary platforms that we own. Um, also on SoundCloud, Mixer, Spotify, and right here on Facebook Live. We only go 30 minutes. That's how we do 30 minutes. We're not egomaniacs. We don't expect you to sit and listen to us for hours on end. We're not going to sell you freedom seeds. Uh, we don't have any political ads. We're not going to tell you where we buy our gold. Uh, we're not going to tell you silver is going to be the new gold because it's not and never is going to be. So uh, we're not going to uh, we're not going to shovel any horseshit your way, is what I'm trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so that means we've got about uh, 30 minutes to talk with you. What do we cover? Um, whatever uh, bounces around in my skull and whatever pops up, primarily here on Facebook Live. I got a group of friends. I'm now calling the Living on a Thin Line Gangbang Gang, um, and they uh, pose questions and comments right here on Facebook Live. You can too, just by being my friend. Uh, on Facebook, Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H. And um, I try to um, answer the questions or comment back of the comments. Sometimes I absolutely ignore them, especially if it's Bob Rocky. So um, what do we do in the 30 minutes? At the end of each 30 minutes, uh, we're going to recommend one artist or one piece of music based off our vast vinyl album and compact disc collection. Um, oftentimes I have some knickknack or doodad or falderall or thingamajig or thingamabob that I uh, show you visually uh, here on Facebook Live. We try to weave a personal story around it. I don't have one of those today, so we're skipping that part. Uh, the most important part of this program, the program, uh, we're proud of the programs. We're not, and we're men, we're proud men. We're not proud boys. Pr -pr -pr proud boys, proud boys. Stamina capital, all for a punk named Trump. Proud boys, proud boys. Uh, we're not one of them. It's not one of those. Um... Uh, the questions and comments that my friends put up uh, sometimes make the show far more entertaining than anything that comes out of my um, uh, eggshell-thin skull. Okay? Okay! It's Wednesday. We're getting ready to wrap up an entire month. Can you believe it? Uh, middle of the summer. Summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime. I haven't really started summering it up yet. You know what I mean? Uh, I think if you remember when you were a child, when you were little... Uh, when you're in school and you you know and you got out of school for the summer and in the midwest you got out um like at the end of may around memorial day they wrapped it up we're wrapping it up and you didn't go back till september yeah, there was even songs about it see you in september songs like that i'm expecting Guillermo robles to pop up right now he's part of the uh, living on a thin line uh, gang bang gang and whenever i sing he uh, post please don't sing um and then summer was special, special, especially in the Midwest where I grew up, in the great Midwest where I grew up, because um, we lived out in the country, uh, we lived out in the country in House Springs, Missouri, and uh, the big thing to do out there is go to swim pool. Uh, for those of you that don't understand that sort of lingo, it's the uh, pool, the swimming pool. Uh, we we kind of, we do that in uh, the Midwest, like... Uh, Playgrounds in most of America, the uh, thing kids go down is a slide. Kids go down a slide. But not in the Midwest. It's a sliding board. 
In the Midwest, it's not a pen, it's an ink pen. Um, and in the Midwest, it's not a pool, it's a swimming pool. Or swimming pool, but I, it, I think it's easier to say swimming pool. It is for me, it just, it trips off my tongue much more trippingly when I say swimming pool. So, um, you'd spend all your summer at the swim pool or down by the lake or out at the river, you know, and uh, just have yourself tons of fun and uh, develop um, uh, skin cancer that wouldn't pop up for another several decades. And that's why I have to go to a skin doctor twice a year and have my skin um, scraped like a ship having barnacles removed. But I haven't really started summering it up yet. But uh, I'm planning on it. I'm planning on it. Well, you got a job like mine where you work for yourself uh, and you can kind of move a couple things around. Um, you can summer it up. I have a pool in my backyard. I do. I have a, I have a swam poo. I have a swam poo in my backyard. So um, I go out there and swam whenever I want. And because I can swim whenever I want, I don't swim often enough. That's how it works, isn't it? It's like I lived in Los Angeles for 30 years. And there'd sometimes be years would go by and I wouldn't go to the beach. If you're going to go to the beach, God, no, not today. Uh, I had a place in Malibu. Um, to be uh, perfectly honest, I had it on weekends. I had to make a call and they go, yeah, sure. But I was told, here's the keys to an apartment right on the water in Malibu with a deck out looking right over the beach. It's yours any weekend. Sometime it won't be available, so always call. But for the most part, it's yours. And I got so used to it, I got bored and didn't go all the time. Now this summer, um, maybe I'll kick off summer before uh, the week that I'm going to tell you about. But in July, I'm going to take uh, my grandson Sullivan and uh, Stephanie, his mom, and my wife. And uh, we're all going to go to Universal Studios because the kid wants to. And then for the weekend, of course, the... Um, uh, she can't because she's already got commitments. Our granddaughter, who's a 13, so she's a big girl, uh, she has commitments, but they're going to probably come out for a Friday and Saturday to go to the beach. To go to the beach. So I used to have a free place to go in Malibu every weekend for about, I don't know, three or four years. And now I don't. And trying to find a place, a beach house to rent, not just in Malibu, Santa Monica, Playa del Rey, Carpinteria, uh, Ventura is just, the prices are astronomical. I don't care about airfares going up. I don't care about gas going up a buck or two. Okay. Um, if you're like me and you had, I'm not saying I have brains, but you have brains. And you kind of knew that gas was going to continue to go up. You know, it would drop and go up and drop and go up and drop. It's kind of like being older and losing weight. You lose weight, but then you gain back a half pound more. And then you lose weight, and then you gain back a pound more. You're just going to get fatter as you get older. You'll lose weight for a while, but then you're going to get fatter again until you get some terrible disease, and that's how you finally lose a lot of weight. Uh -huh. um, I, got a, I drive four-cylinder cars, okay? And uh, a few years ago, I started doing more office work from home. So I kind of prepared myself so that the, um, the spike in gas prices has not uh, sent me around the bend. I'm not going, oh, 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 you know. Look, I like hot cars. I had a Porsche. I had a 57 Ford Fairlane 500, you know. But if, you're, if you went out and bought um, a car to get 17, 20 miles to a gallon 
you know, and uh, uh, you're driving a big truck, and nothing against big trucks. I like big trucks. But maybe the era of big trucks is over. Like the era of big fins. Cars used to have giant fins. Giant. The bigger the fin, the better. For years, the fin got bigger and bigger and bigger, and then they made it flat, so it looked like some sort of stingray. So giant fins were in. Eight-cylinder motors were in. And then they weren't. They weren't. Okay? And some, you know, car collectors got one. You know, usually a guy looks my age wearing a baseball cap, kind of uh, not the way it's supposed to be worn on his head. Nobody wears a baseball cap the way it's supposed to be worn, which is to play baseball. Uh, you'll see them driving around in some old cool car. And, they're like, eh. and I used to be kind of like, oh, look at that car. But now I look at the guy, when I see a guy with hair my color, who's kind of got the uh, little bit of a stoop that I notice in myself uh, when they walk, and they're driving, you know, uh, a 56 Chevy, you know, or a uh, uh, 57 Ford, you know, or some, or an Edsel, or something like that, I, and they're driving it, and they're driving it slow down the road. I don't get jealous anymore. I go, wow, that's as far as you got, huh? That's the sum total. This is your big reward. After 40 or 50 years of telling everybody else how they should run their own goddamn lives, because you know that guy's a busybody. I'll tell you what they ought to do. After 40 or 50 years of being a crab ass, your big reward for being smarter than everybody is that you get to drive a relic of a car. Man, that was, uh, that was mean stuff for me to say. Uh, but, uh, but it had to be said ladies and people. Hey, there's a brand new Supreme Court ruling, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, I'm going to read it to you. Uh, you're going you're gonna to want to know about. It doesn't really affect a lot of you. It does. Um, um, Supreme Court ruling allows states to prosecute non-Indians non on reservation, uh, reservation land in Oklahoma. So I'm trying to see if I can find here. Um, the court said the state shares jurisdiction with the federal government for crimes committed on reservations by non-Native Americans against Native victims. So, you're going, what? Huh? So here was the deal, okay? Uh, for a long time, uh, most crimes, okay, if they were committed, okay, uh, by a non-Native American on a... Uh, most crimes that were committed on reservation land could only be... Uh, 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 tried, you can only take someone to court by uh, reservation, by tribal courts or federal government. But not now. Not now. Now the state can go whipping in to a reservation and whip someone off a reservation and try them and basically tell the reservation to kiss their ass. Because let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen, with this Supreme Court, why are we going to stop it? Women! Why just take away some choices from women? Let's take them off of Native Americans too. I think next year this, um, this Supreme Court will find something in the Constitution that says all women have to wear calico dresses and churned butter. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this Supreme Court went back. If they, Look, they went back and found uh, in the abortion case, there's a guy, I think his name is Thomas Hale. Um, and I think it was British, and you can look it up. Um, but they used some of his writings or precedents 
to justify uh, uh, removing the uh, the right to a woman's right to choose. And uh, this guy was someone who had actually prosecuted and had two witches put to death. If you look at this Supreme Court, if you look at the written opinion by uh, Alito, but but that's the Alito. Hey, my name's Alito, and here's what I decided. Broads is going to do what I says, okay? Um, and my name's Alito, and Broads is going to do what I say. Um, and I say that they, you know, are running around now doing whatever they want, no consequences. There's got to be consequences. Um, he based some of his opinion on the writings of a guy who tried two women and uh, accused them of a witchcraft. You have been accused of witchcraft, and for that, you must burn. Uh, and had them put to death. I don't know if they were caught on fire or not. Okay. So now they've kind of reduced some of the jurisdiction. And of course, it was in Oklahoma. It was in Oklahoma. They're the ones who brought this case. Okay. They've reduced uh, some of the autonomy of uh, Native American lands. They've reduced uh, the rights and choices of women. Okay? Uh, they will go after gay rights. You you could bet your bippy. And see, you're sitting there going, well, it's just gay rights, and I'm not gay. And I think it's weird when a dude marries a dude. I think a lot of things are weird. Okay? I think man buns are weird. Yet yeah, I had a ponytail for years. That's all you have to know about my generation. I've seen more asshole comics and there are asshole comics, okay? Make fun of young guys wearing a man bun while they're on stage running around whipping their ponytail all over the goddamn stage. I said that to a guy once. Oh, that man bun's weird. I go, your ponytail looks stupid. Someone asked me why I cut my hair because uh, some of you know that I had uh, long hair for a while. And I have long hair because I sometimes I just, I'm too lazy to go to a barber shop and it gets long and go, it looks kind of cool. Next thing you know, it's down the middle of my back. Um... But then one day I looked up and I went, how come everybody with a ponytail uh, looks like an asshole except me? And well, it's time to cut it. So the Supreme Court is like a bunch of ponytailed assholes who still think bell bottoms are cool and uh, go, how come Saturday Night Live isn't good like it was when I watched it? That's who they are. Now they've reduced some of the autonomy of Native American lands. They've taken away a woman's choice. They will go after gay rights, which means what they're doing is they're going to say, who can enter into this civil contract? Because it's a civil contract. When you sign the marriage license, that's not between you and a church. That's not between you and God. That's between you and the state that you get married in. It's a civil contract. And they're going to, you mock my words, they're going to, uh, they will take up a case within the next year or two. Okay, and we'll overturn, uh, I think it's Oberfell. I don't pronounce a lot of names right. But you, you can, you know what? And the whole thing is some people, some people when I'm talking to them, they go, especially in the workshops I teach, I'll be talking and I'll see kids furiously Googling. They go, oh, you were right. You just kind of got the name slightly wrong. I go, well, with the last name like Visick, I get a pass. I'm getting names wrong because people mispronounce my name wrong for uh, ever since I was born. Vichich, Vikich, Vichichi. Visich. It's Visic. Visic, I tell you. So, uh, this Supreme Court's on a roll, baby. It's on a roll. 
Roll, 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 gonna lose my soul to the Supreme Court. Uh-huh, a buck a tunga head, a buck a tunga head. Passionate Supreme Court. It says we're gonna take away your vows. If you're gay, we're gonna take away your vows. Save our city from gay people right now. A bunk a chunka hunka. A bunk a Alright. Um You know what? I just be button myself on that. So, um, a lot of the America that you have lived in, the one you groused about, you know, there's things, there's times, you know, as you get older, you go, man, I used to complain about this. I wish I had it. I'm old enough to remember when there was not an interstate highway to bitch about, you know, but I'm glad what, that we have them. Uh, the United States uh, that you bitched about is going to be changed, and uh, you're going to find out what it's like to live in the 19th century. Woo-ha, woo-ha. Okay? And you ain't going to like it. You ain't going to like it one damn bit. I wouldn't put it past this Supreme Court. Clarence Thomas, whatever is wrong with him, whatever bug crawled up his ear, ha, ha, or other area, okay, I wouldn't put it past him to want to revisit Loving versus Virginia and the right to interracial marriage. Okay? Because a lot of these conservatives for years... What they shut up about, but what they're still after, what they want is something to do with state rights. Now, states' rights was what uh, became the new phrase after the right to segregate, after uh, Brown versus Board of Education 55 and the Civil Rights Act of 64, 65. They start talking about state rights. And what they want is to strip away the power of the federal government that really makes the United States the United States so that I can pretty much function the same way in California as I can in Arizona or the same way I do in um, Minnesota as I do in Texas and leave a lot of these things to individual states and you'll have individual states that will um, there's already if you really look at what they've done with voting they're really kind of segregating off uh, certain demographic groups so that their votes don't really uh, carry the same level of importance. They're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing it and doing it and doing it well. It's been going on for a while. That was the result of a Supreme Court case where um, John Roberts said that uh, uh, certain provisions in the Voting Rights Act are not needed anymore because the country changed and the country immediately, certain parts began to change back the way it used to be. Voting rights diminished. Native American rights diminished. Women's rights diminished. Soon gay rights diminished. Why, well, you don't know what's going to come down the pike with this Supreme Court. Okay. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, there was something, you know, I actually had something planned to talk about today. And uh, regular watchers and listeners going, no, you didn't. No, you did not. Oh! So I'm watching the uh, young woman who um, testified before the uh, House Committee yesterday. And you know, when I, I and I watch Fox News, and uh, um, I watch Fox News the same way that I read the Bible. Uh, I, look, I look at the Bible for the dirty parts, and I look at Fox News for the lunatic parts. And that's generally going to be a Sean Hammett up and uh, a little baby Tucker Carlson. Um, and right away, I get home last night, and uh, I flip on the TV. And uh, I, 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 let's see what uh, old Hammett up's got to say. And uh, he's leveling 
nasty personal attacks against the woman who testified yesterday. That's what O'Shawn's doing. He's leveling nasty personal attacks against this woman. And of course, that kicked off with the one Donald J. Trump leveling nasty personal attacks. Now, there are a lot of people in Trump world. Trump world. It's a crazy old world where a guy with orange hair says you better kiss my boots or I don't care about you. Um, the, the Trumpalinas, the Trumpisters, were coming out and going, well, no, that was a lie. That wasn't true. Uh, that's not how I... So a lot of these people have refused to testify before the House Select Committee. They've refused to speak under oath. This woman, knowing full well, because she lived in that world, the shit storm that was going to be rained down upon her from Trump and Hannity and little baby Tucker Carlson and Laura uh, Ingerhol. They knew. She knew. But she testified under oath to what she knew and what she heard and what she saw. And baby, it's a game changer. Baby, it's a game changer. And immediately, the right wing muck machine uh, went after her. And they're saying, well, we have credible reports. Well, then tell them to go testify. Tell them to go sit in a chair in front of Betty Thompson and Liz Cheney and the rest of them and raise their right hand and solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help you God. And dispute it. Dispute it. Okay? But they won't. Ginny, Ginny Thomas, a Ginny Thomas. Ginny Thomas, who um, is Clarence Thomas's wife, who has been a right-wing operative uh, from the beginning. Um, at first she said, I loved, I would love to testify before that committee and set the record straight. And all of a sudden she's going, to go, no, no, not so fast, no, not so fast. Hey, not so fast. Hey, um, uh, let me say this to you. Um, I got a call from someone who's near and dear to me, a pal, a buddy, and uh, they have COVID, they're in the hospital, they're going to be fine. But, uh, it's still out there, you guys, so uh, let's take care. Okay, let's take care. Um, mask up when you think you should mask up. Um, it's true. I went to Dead & Company two weeks ago and was in the middle of thousands of people on the outfield of Dodger Stadium where we were uh, cheek to cheek uh, watching that wonderful band. Uh, but then I did notice that everybody who was on the crew, when they were on stage, they hid on their masks, and as soon as the band stepped off stage, they were slipping masks on. So uh, I know the people in the film and entertainment industry in Los Angeles that um, if you're not in front of the camera, uh, you're wearing a mask. Uh, let's still be a little careful out there, okay? Because it's still getting people. It's still putting people in the hospital. I saw a report not too long ago that said uh, deaths have greatly been reduced. And that's due to a lot of wonderful factors, including all you great people who have gotten vaccinated. And all you great people who are still a little careful. And all you great people who, uh, 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 you know, are maybe reducing a little bit, uh, just a little bit helps uh, the, the number of uh, close quarter contacts you have. Um, uh, we can all do a little bit more and be careful out there. And if you think you got it, bam, bam, there's still some great, there's some great, uh, get the vaccinations. Uh, what they're saying is that the deaths are reduced now, and this is considered a big win. 
a giant victory to 250 a day. Now, this is a disease that wasn't around a couple years ago. And now it's killing 250 people a day. And that's considered a good thing. Um, Dan Doty says booster in the fall. That's what I read. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, look up the information on it. I've had, um, I'm 66. That's right, man. Everything comes through me. So I am Route 66. <laughs> there, I be buttoned myself again. Um, I've had three boosters. I've had the vaccine and three boosters. So uh, shoot up, bitches. Shoot up, man. Shoot up. Take the needle. Take the needle. You know what, man? If they would just come out with a vaccine, you could snort. Um, or you could, if you could put the vaccine vaccine on a martini olive, uh, or put it in beer, um, then we'd uh, we'd lick this thing good. We'd lick it up. Lick, 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 lick. Okay, okay. Hey, uh, we got fun stuff coming up this weekend. I'm going to mention something that I normally don't do. I like the guys, so I'm going to mention a show outside of uh, JP's Comedy Club. Com, um, Comedy Schools. Com world. It's called uh, uh, Shits and Giggles. And Dion, I know you're watching. That's not what I would have named my show, but it's what you named your show. So I'm going to go with it. Our good friend Dion Doty is putting on a show, uh, I believe, in Tempe this Friday called Shits and Giggles uh, with him and uh, a local legend in the Phoenix comedy scene, Paige the Village Idiot, who's a sweetheart of a guy and very funny guy. And some of the ComedySchools.com gang, uh, Shell Brenner and Haley Colby Co. and a few others. So uh, check that show out if you're looking for something to do on a, on a Friday. If you're looking for something to do on a Thursday... Thursday. Uh, I got it for you. I got it. I got two places for you. I got you covered. I got you covered. Uh, Thursday night, ladies and gentlemen, at the Roost in Maricopa. The Roost on John Wayne Parkway. Pilgrim. Uh, right there on John Wayne Park. John Wayne used to own a ranch out here. It's still out here. The Red River uh, Cattle Company. He doesn't own it anymore. <coughs> what with being uh, dead. But... Um, uh, right out here at the Roost, a scene on Bar Rescue. Ralph and the gang um, hand the room over to the ComedySchools.com gang, and we put on a great show, uh, Comedy at the Roost, uh, this week featuring something special and kind of fun. And I saw these guys Saturday night. So Saturday night, I'm at Vito's Restaurant in Mesa, okay? And popping down to do a half-hour guest set, which was generous, was Ken Ferguson and Show Up Improv. Now, improv before stand-up was the hot live comedy commodity in America. I got that out. Comedy commodity in America. I, I did it. I I did it. I did. Uh, and these guys uh, remind us why. They are uh, they are uh, kick-ass, rock and roll, hoochie-coo, booyah, mac daddy, funny. And they're going to be at the Roost Thursday night, 7 p.m. to 8.30. Come on down. It's live. It's local. It's fun. It's free. That's right. No cover. No minimum. Just come in and have some fun with us. Get there early because the good seats go fast. Uh, while that's going on, of course, ladies and gentlemen, right up uh, right up in Gilbert, meanwhile, back at the ranch, in Gilbert, Arizona, at J.P.'s Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com, we've got a Ron Jossel, who is a... He's a funny motherfucker. He don't fun. Oh, that Ron Jossel. Uh, I love this guy. Uh, I don't love him in a way that... Uh, I would, would have carried it so forward that the Supreme Court might take away our rights someday. But, 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 but. Uh, he's a funny dude. Uh, he's like uh, one of those cool guys that we kind of found when we were putting a club together and we were looking for comics. 
So uh, if you're in the Gilbert area or the Tempe area or the Chandler area or the Mesa area, there's no reason to go to any other uh, little uh, little Dingberry comedy club in the uh, greater Gilbert, Chandler, Mesa uh, area. They're just not. They're just not, okay? You go to JP's. You go tell Jim and Janelle that Tony sent you. Okay, we'll have some fun. You go have some fun. Uh, that's going on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Then Sunday, 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 ba-ba. Sunday, uh, I am with uh, the whole ComedySchools.com gang for Class Clowns, the longest-running comedy showcase in the Valley of the Sun, now entering its 22nd year. Okay, this is the show to see people go from their first show all the way to national television. A lot of the best local headliners and a lot of great national headliners uh, started out with us, and we're proud of that. We're so very proud. So if you're looking for something, if you're going to stay in town, you're not going to the lake, and you can't because it's all dried up. Uh, your boat dock is now uh, just sitting there, uh, just a bunch of wood sitting on top of a mud. Um, come on down and laugh about it. Laugh about, laugh about the impending mega drought, the current mega drought. At JP's Comedy Club Sunday night with me and the whole ComedySchools.com gang. Come on down. And if you're in my neighborhood, your name's Albert Barnes, and you claimed on Facebook that I'm as funny as a screen door in a submarine, come on down Sunday, Albert Barnes, and I'll prove you wrong. That's all the stuff we got going on. Of course, July 6th, uh, a special Wednesday night version of a free intro to our stand-up comedy workshops. So you want to check that out as well. Let's get to the music real quick. I've got a little bit. i got a little bit of time. Um, there was a band that I kind of got sick of, and I think I got sick of them because of one particular song. And the song was uh, uh, Your Daddy Don't Dance and Your Mama Don't Rock and Roll. And I got sick of that song. And to me, it kind of diminished their legacy. But uh, they did some great, they really kind of epit- they were, they epitomized uh, the 1970s singer-songwriter uh, duo thing, along with groups like Brewer and Shipley, uh, uh, Zegger and Evans, Loggins and Messina. Were, uh, they were fantastic, and they were original, and they were unique. Because first off, they weren't really a duo. Jim Messina, legendary Jim Messina, who was with Buffalo Springfield and Poco, was working as an independent record producer uh, when he came across staff writer, singer-songwriter Kenny Loggins and was impressed by his stuff. And they got together at one of their houses and recording some stuff together. And then Jim Messina said, I want to produce an album for you. And they began collaborating. But uh, Jim Messina's collaboration was so important, the first album was released as Loggins and Messina and an accidental duo formed. And for a good part of it, Jim Messina was always planning on stepping away. He had no interest in touring anymore. He'd already done that. He just wanted to produce records. But the stuff they put out was absolute magic. From their uh, first album, uh, Danny's Song was such a 70s singer-songwriter song. I wanted it still near and dear to my heart. And uh, I'm messing that up. But if you're from that time, you kind of recognize my massacre of the melody but uh, that was a fantastic soon tune. That was all off their first album, Sitting In. This is their second album. All right, there they are. You don't get much 70s, more 70s looking than that. Now, the uh, big monster on this thing is the one that I couldn't, that I got sick of. Uh, your Mama Don't Dance. Your Mama Don't Dance and your Daddy Don't Rock and Roll. I got sick of that. But a song that I thought was just as great as some of the best stuff Poco ever did some of the best stuff that uh, the Eagles have ever done because they're from that sort of country rock 
They, they were one of the bands kind of forming that country rock tradition before the Eagles ran away with it. Uh, the song Angry Eyes, because it's a little bit jazzy. And that's the great thing about what these artists were doing at that time. You got a combination of kind of a rock and roll ethic, okay, with a country twinge and with jazz syncopation going on, and it creates a totally unique sound, okay? They were creating something totally new, just like Bob Dylan created folk rock. These guys, a lot of these guys, uh, the Flying Burrito Brothers, they were more just pure country only, you know, hippies playing country music. You had jazz and folk and great, great harmonies and melodies combined in uh, Loggins and Messina, especially in their early stuff. And Angry Eyes has always been one of my favorite songs by them. So that is our recommended song for the day, Angry Eyes, which a lot of people have nowadays. Angry Eyes by Loggins and Messina. Okay? Kenny Loggins went on. Uh, of course, Jim Messina had a, a great career before Loggins and Messina, but then not much of one afterwards. And uh, Kenny Loggins was uh, absolutely unknown before Loggins and Messina, and then went on to incredible fame with a solo career. This is where it all started, okay, uh, off their second album, Angry Eyes. Okay, that's our show for the day. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with more thrilling tales from yesteryear, right here on Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye. Now, not now.